The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good evening, my friends. Welcome to the weekend. Indeed, I hope you are doing well. I hope you're safe. I hope you've been vaccinated, at least your first shot. Uh, certainly, the market is paying attention uh, to uh, the vaccination process uh, in the United States. The numbers are greatly improving. Over half Americans have been vaccinated. Case counts are dropping. Uh, reopening is the theme in the air. And the market uh, is certainly voting with its feet. It's fascinating. It really, really is to 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 see the whole V-shape economic recovery uh, unfold and Boy, there is just so much demand, uh, you know, in here in Ontario, which we've been now shut for I don't know how many months. Uh, people are itching to shop uh, without question. And when they open up the floodgates, uh, yeah, it will be a cascade uh, of spending. And the market, uh, well, is anticipating all of that. Uh, I know we're all getting a cabin fever, shall I say. The weather's improving. Uh, staycation probably more relevant than ever if we are allowed to do that. Um Pleasure to have James Murphy on. He's the executive director, uh, organization called Explorers Edge, uh, destination building in the great Canadian wilderness north of Ontario. Uh, James, thanks for joining us. Um, share with us briefly uh, the specifics of what Explorers Edge is all about, and then we'll talk a little about uh, COVID and tourism here in Ontario. Fantastic. Well, thanks for having me back. We talked last August, and the big uh, theme was we talked about Porter Airlines. We discussed that and the long game involved in that, and I'm sure we'll touch on that a little later. Our organization, RTO12, is our government name, and as you said, Explorer's Edge is our consumer name. And we cover Muskoka, Algonquin Park, Perry Sound, Loring and Restool, South Algonquin, and Almaguen Highlands. And our job is destination development. Um, we, uh, our economy is based in tourism, 14% of employment is tourism, and it's the main economic driver for our regional economy. And it's very important to our regional economy. And we do marketing, workforce development, investment attraction, um, you know, product development, everything in order to um, move the industry forward and ensure its health and uh, sustainability. Well, tourism is 14% of the economy in, in this region you're referring to, the Algonquin, Muskokas, and the likes? 14% of employment. It makes up 14% of employment. I think the wow. GDP is around 6%. I don't quote me on that at this point. But it's, we lead in all regions of Ontario as sort of the importance of tourism on the economy. So it, it, it touches every. It's an ecosystem. You know, you cannot help not be touched by tourism. Even if you're not directly involved in tourism, you're touched by it some way or another, whether you're a local resident or you're a second homeowner here. Well, we certainly know people want to go to the Great North. Um, the uh, the price to rent a cottage uh, up in Muskoka is, is incredible. Uh, Jack, you have some good examples of that. Well, Jack, what does a, a place go for, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in your vicinity where your uh, grandfather first settled, shall I say? Right. 
Well, it really depends, Wolf, but I would say on the big three lakes, um, the minimum for a week would probably be, you know, $3,000. Uh, that's at the low end, definitely. And I've heard of people renting for summers for upwards of $70,000 to $100,000. So, um, and, and I think that the, it even goes beyond that as well if you're, if you're going to one of those real luxury places. Uh, so, so, James, what, what's the pulse uh, of tourism in Ontario for this upcoming season? Well, I can't, I won't speak for all of Ontario. I'll kind of zone into our neck of the woods. Um, yeah. You know, we we have a natural outdoor product and we have proximity to Toronto. So we've uh, fared uh, well in some senses through the first uh, wave. And now we're, we're going, we're at the tail end of a third wave. Uh, and our outdoor product resonates. People want to es- escape the urban and come to our region for the great Canadian wilderness, rocks, trees, and and water, and to to enjoy the the wilderness. You know, we have faced some Herculean challenges. Um, you know, our retail sector uh, took on a lot of debt to survive. You know, the event and live performances, Jack. You know, Kitabala, um, oh. they're still they've been shuttered for over a year now. And you know, even those winter operators uh, that depended on winter, they were shut down as a boxing day. So, you know, you know, we're in demand, products in demand, but we, you know, and the employers and the businesses are all have lots of safe practices and PPE involved in order to go through. And as, as it was highlighted at the beginning of the show, you know, the vaccines are rolling out and the numbers are coming down. So that's good news, but it's, it's no time to let up on sort of the safety measures when people travel to the region, when it's safe to do so. Um, but it's, it's, it's an interesting paradigm in the sense that tourism isn't just about, you know, the visitor spending and visitation to the region. Um, that's sort of the status quo of doing business, relying solely on those KPIs. And if we're going to ensure that the regional tourism industry will recover, rebuild and survive, we need to start thinking outside the box, much like investing, I would say, diversify and, and, and don't rely on solely one, one area, you know. And I think we've been caught in those silos before and we're not going to let it happen again. And the COVID pause has presents an opportunity for our organization to redefine its overall approach. And, you know, this is the first time we re- revisited a strategic approach uh, to tourism. And you had mentioned just a touch, just a circle back. You mentioned the price of, of cottage rentals and housing. You know, that's on our radar, radar um, as well because you know, work for, and we talked about this last time. I think it was your son was working at, was it your son that was working at a golf course? Yeah, my son Elliot. He's now, he's yeah. now landscaping. Now landscaping. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's housing has become a, uh, you know, a topic of, of concern and workforce is sort of continues to be the elephant in the room. So we as an organization, in order to make sure the industry thrives, is looking at, you know, regenerative strategies. So regenerative goes beyond sustainability and, and mitigating harm. We want to actively restore and nurture, you know, create conditions where ecosystems, economies, and people can flourish. That's, a, you know, I read that in the Wonderman Thompson uh, sort of uh, article and this yeah yeah, no no, i I can relate to that i can relate to that as when i go skiing in banff uh, they have created a international infrastructure to attract labor um my my son from toronto 
last summer and the previous years worked uh, at a golf course in Minden because they could not find locals who wanted to work. Uh, same thing in Banff. The, the people from Calgary do not want to work in Banff. And so Australians and New Zealanders, right, <laughs> show up and <laughs> great people <laughs> and away they go. Um, well, what's, the, what's the case in tourism uh, in uh, southern Ontario? Uh, do they have difficulty finding uh, employees? Uh, and hence uh, housing for these employees, because if, if you can't house your migrant workers, um, you, you got yourself an infrastructure problem, as I think you're alluding to. Well, so Tourism HR Canada suggests that we have 300 to 500 jobs to fill. And lack of housing, the stigma of tourism as a career choice, you just highlighted it. Your son went from tourism into landscaping, so kind of pivoted into something else. So, and, and in rural areas, there's this idea of loneliness too. So there's all these factors that we're taking into account in, in a, a catalyst housing, we're calling it a project to, to undertake this. But taking a step back as well too, is that even for the economies of Ontario and Canada and investments, we need to nurture this, this new generation, younger people coming up. We need them to make money. We need them to start learning about investing and, and that's clientele right there. And it, it's not just, I'll give you some examples of tourism, but this also housing impacts healthcare, personal support workers, their minimum wage jobs, you know, in construction, you know, the roofer isn't making, is going to start at the bottom and working his way up. So it, 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 this, this idea impacts everything. We as a tourism organization and tourism so important to our industry, we need to look at ways where we can support tourism and put in um, an integrated, you know, program that allows people to come up here to attract workers with added value. So we'll look at housing and skills development. For instance, maybe Wolfgang, you and Jack can come up and teach the next generation that are you know, frontline workers about investing because they're your future investors. So it's not just housing, it's this whole ecosystem of, of what we need to provide um, tourism workers to make a tourism career uh, palatable. Because the, the resident sentiment is one thing towards tourism as an economic driver, but also uh, tourism as a career choice is at an all-time low as well too. Um, so the industry's been hit with, with a double whammy, but certainly... Housing is one of those challenges we want to tackle. And, you know, housing has become somewhat commodified, if you will, you know. And it, it's, it's hard for people to get housing, to your point, you mentioned it. And in Muskoka in particular, this idea of, of our region becoming gentrified, you know, it's, it's, you know, the prices are going up and, you know, the, the new inhabitants or the current inhabitants are being displaced. They can't get a, they can't afford to live here anymore. So we have to be very careful that that doesn't happen. So for us as a non-for-profit organization, we would get into housing, not um, as a way to make money on investment, but as a way to support an industry in order for it to thrive and flourish. It's a bit of a different way of, of, of thinking in our sense as a non-for-profit. Uh, we're speaking with James Murphy. Um, he's the executive director of an organization called Explorers Edge. Uh, it's about the Canadian wilderness here in southern Ontario, focusing on developing uh, an economic ecosystem for tourism in the likes of Muskoka and Algonquin. We're going to try a little bit about Port Airline. 
uh, and get back to James Murphy and talk about a very important industry called tourism in our beautiful backyard. It's Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. We're here to help you have more of it. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, more show right after this. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is Saturday night, my friends. Perhaps you're outside with your patio lanterns on, having a cold one. Why not? It's the weekend. You worked hard and you stayed safe. And you survived another week. Uh, you feel the optimism in the air. Uh, you know, things are improving. Uh, normalcy will return in due course. And, uh, well, the weather's getting better. Perhaps you want to go camping, uh, take a little drive up north, uh, rent a cottage. You know, spend some time in the great out. Be, be careful, by the way, friends. There is a tick epidemic taking place in southern Ontario. My doodle came back from Minden. I had four ticks on him. And my daughter last year got a tick in our backyard. So be careful of ticks on yourself and pets. Check yourself. Uh, and if you think you got bit by a tick, uh, call your doctor right away. The key to preventing Lyme disease. I'm not a doctor, but the doctor said to the Wolf on Bay Street, the key is to get on, uh, I think it's amoxicillin, that's an antibiotic, immediately. Um, have it phoned in. The sooner you get on it, the better. Uh, yeah, ticks are nasty little buggers. Um, James Murphy, Executive Director, Explorers Edge. On the note of ticks, uh, being that you're trying to encourage us to go up north and spend some time, um, is there like a tick app we can pay attention to? Are you familiar with the tick epidemic going on in, in southern Ontario? Or am I out to lunch on that one? Well, I grew up in Simcoe, Ontario, and Turkey Point and Long Point, and we were always sort of top of mind about ticks. It's more something down in southern Ontario, and you know we're we're fortunate enough that we don't uh, we don't see that problem up here as prevalent as it is down south. Up here, but no, up in Minden, my, my you know my dog my dog was up in Minden. He picked up four ticks up there. Uh, and, and, and our neighbor across the road, um, they, they warned us that there were a lot of ticks this season. And, and uh, she's a veterinarian, so I guess she sees more of them as they come into her clinic. Uh, anyways, uh, we digress, uh, but it matters. We want you to be safe when you're out there. Uh, no matter what you're doing, you must always be safe. Uh, it's, it's incredible how we can get hurt when we play with Mother Nature. Mother Nature is so powerful. And, uh, you know, uh, God forbid, but I'm, I'm sure, Jack, you'll hear of a few more incidents on the lake this summer as... I think every year you do, uh, correct? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, accidents do happen up north. And like you said, Wolf, you, you really do have to be safe. Uh, lots of big powerboats up there and uh, sea dews, And then uh, obviously the, the other people out in their canoes as well. So you got to make sure that everyone can uh, can enjoy the outdoors and, and keep it safe at the same time. I'll tell you, those outdoor stocks have been doing very well. Um, uh, BRP, uh, stock is flirting yeah. with all-time highs, doing very, very well. Um, I, I think Polaris is doing very well. I got a pool cleaner. It's made by Polaris. I wonder if it's the same company, one of those little robotic uh, vacuums 
Uh, it's got the Polaris brand on it. Um, you know, yeah, outdoor Power recreational Sp- in, uh, Power Sports outdoor recreational interest is high. And I, 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 we spoke last week, Jack, with the guest you gave us from uh, BDO, uh, referring to a uh, luxury tax, and the government in its budget has announced that next year, uh, a boat over 250 will have an extra tax on it, and a car over 100 will have an extra tax. I think that should be reversed, by the way, Jack. Come on. Uh, if you have enough well, to spend 100, grand on, 100 grand on a boat, you know, a boat is something we don't need. Uh, okay, right. you need, a car is a little more necessity than a boat is, uh, but it becomes in this. It becomes a luxury only at two fifty. My brother paid five grand for his little tin can. He loves it. To Twelve horse. I was gonna say. I think I'm. I think I'm safe on that luxury tax. Well, I, yeah. I, I think I paid fifteen hundred last year for mine, and I got a trailer with it. So I wonder if the two fifty includes a trailer, or if that's a, a trailer separate. I have to look into that one. <laughs> that's a good. How much do you pay for your boat, Jack? Fifteen hundred. It's good. Ran all last year. No, 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 no. no. Jack, but you're smart. You're smart. You're you're very, very smart. You're you know you're taking care of your family. You're building assets efficiently. You're you're managing your RSP. You're managing your mortgage. You're you're doing everything right. You're managing your spending. You have to make. You must save first, spend what's less. And that's really, Jack, you do that very, very well. And that's why you and I complement each other, I think, very, very well. Because on that front, we are on the same page. People laugh at me in my street with my 17-year-old car. Um, but that I drive about two kilometers a day. Uh, it's great. Well, I mean, the car on, works. It, it, it works. My, 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 maintenance, my maintenance fee this year on that car, guys, you'll love it. I spent on car maintenance in 2021 $50. I repeat, 50 bucks to maintain my car so far this year. I'll have to throw an oil change in at some point. That's just to put the summer tires on. But uh, anyways, James Murphy, Executive Director, Explorers Edge. Uh, yeah, let's continue on with our discussion about developing the great outdoors here in Southern Ontario, specifically your region uh, concerned with uh, Muskoka, Algonquin. Let's talk Porter Airline. I live in the west end of Toronto. and I, uh, COVID has one benefit. There are less planes in the sky. If you live in the west end, you know what I'm referring to. It's a lot quieter out there but uh, the industry is key we need an airline in canada we have one uh, uh, it continues to fly quote unquote got a lot of support uh from the government to get through covid uh, uh course aviation which is a spin-off from air canada it looks like it's improving but Porter airlines I, i've heard nothing of them uh james you would know are, are they flying from the air out of the airport right now or have they been grounded and remain grounded uh, and what is not the much of an uh, update yeah, they had to no. much of an update they had to change their tentative return to service date and it's not until well into the summer so a second season this year is not going to happen in our region but wow. next year we have our fingers crossed to resume the second year of a three-year agreement and i will say something about the airline industry for tourism it brings money into the economy and you know, it's not a strain on our healthcare or education or anything like that. It's not recir- recirculating money that's already in the province. It's new money coming in and going out. So it's very healthy to the economy to, in the sense of, of the business and the economics of tourism to have those planes coming in, you know, whether it's business or leisure, staying, leaving their money and going back home. Uh, so it, it, to have those airlines come up, we're wishing them the best. And uh, to your point, sooner we get vaccinated, the numbers come down. But I would like to circle back because you and um, Jack were talking about the price of, of goods. And, you know, the margins of businesses are, are shrinking because they do have to pay yeah. employees more. And there's a workforce problem, whether it's, you know, yep. recreation vehicles or, or vehicles or even getting your car service. So 
back to this idea of adding value um, from from uh, you know a non for profit side of it, rather than putting all the onus on the business to 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 pay a higher wage. Um, you know, if we can step in and add value in areas, whether it's housing or you know a regional currency or other areas. Um, then it's not the strain on the businesses and the businesses can be more competitive, have, have better margins and offer a competitive price good to the consumer. So this isn't just a tourism, you know, strategy. It can be applied to to other industries. And I would like to say it's great having this conversation now is because we're at the tail end of Tourism Week in Ontario where, where many of us are, are, are you know, bringing uh, light uh, to the industry and to its need for recovery sooner than later because we have been the hardest hit. But, you know, we, we you know, it's great to be on these calls with you um, because I will say, Wolfgang, you and Jack tell your clients you're going to make money work hard. And that's what we're going to do with uh, the industry to ensure the resiliency and longevity of our tourism industry. We are now getting into revenue generation. We're going to be have a, a, a wing of our organization become a travel agency. And it's it's one A for revenue generation for sustain, you know, for, for ourselves, but also when we start to sell packages to the consumer, we're going to take a, you know, a portion of that sale and put into other programs, whether it be workforce programs or whether it be to sustain our natural environment, because that's what attracts people to the area. I think businesses are going that route too, where it's not just all about the bottom line, that they realize they have to reinvest in communities and, and societies back to that idea of gentrification, you know, you, you have to have an ecosystem here where everything thrives. Not It's not just about this KPI of visitor spending and visitation to the area. So, you know, with this, with this you know, and we'll be, we'll be come circling back to you and, uh, you know, maybe we'll get some help from you guys on, on investing and ways to ensure that we can invest and give back to our communities uh, because it's, everybody's touched by tourism. And it's a long game, Wolfgang. We always talk about. Oh, the, 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 there's no, yeah, there's no question. Tourism, it, it's a long game. It's an international game. It ties into um, the experience concept. Of course, there is new participants. I'm referring to Airbnb, who encourage it, and you know, lodging has evolved and changed. Uh, the ability uh, and the fantasy of actually leaving Mother Earth to to to, to move into orbit uh, is, is is a real opportunity uh so yes we do love tourism and it is it is a key industry to so many parts of canada and and, and the world for that matter uh and it just seems to be a bug not a tick but it's a bug that when you get it uh it's hard to shake eh? yeah and you know out of chaos comes opportunity like i said earlier you know this covid pause um as detrimental as it's been to the the economy of of ontario uh, it gave us an, a chance as an organization to look back and say, what is needed to make this thrive and survive? And investment, revenue generation, and, you know, giving back to the community and putting, um, you know, added value programs in place to take the, the burden off the small business owner is key to, to moving forward. So we well, James, so, so James, let, let's ask you, James. Sorry, I want to, to interrupt, but yeah, let, okay. let, let's get let's get very specific because um, here we are getting through uh, the May two four weekend is now behind us. We're moving into the month of June. Kids are about to complete school. 
from a provincial point of view, you're obviously communicating with the province in terms of when they are going to allow people to uh, open up, i.e. specifically part of tourism is restaurants and food. Uh, and, you know, if, if that experience uh, isn't what it's, it's, it's expected to be, that can have a negative impact. Uh, I'm also even hearing that uh, going to your own cottage, they continue to have restrictions as to how long they would like you to stay at your cottage. And I think it's either stay for two weeks or stay for overnight, but don't spend multiple two, three day periods. We, they, don't, they don't want us moving around the province still. So what's the update you've been giving uh, and, and timelines that you've been given, James? You know what? With regards to the government's plan, it's not easy for people. It seems like a moving target. Um, I have the most up-to-date information you have at this point. Um, you know, how we're approaching it is we will pivot to help build the shoulder seasons. You know, as I think you mentioned, Canadians want to travel domestically for now, but come winter, they will be vaccinated and they'll want to head to sunny destinations. You know, pent-up demand, I think you, you said that. So we need to tap into our local markets again and incentivize domestic travel uh, when when the time comes. But you know what? It's a moving target, Wolfgang. I You know, it, it must be... I'm not a small business owner. I work with 1,700 of them in the region, but, you know, my heart goes out to them. They, you know, it changes so often and, you know, they're resilient, they're tenacious, um, they're, they're going to make it. But the, some of them have taken on a lot of debt uh, to get to this point. So we're looking forward to a busy, safe, when it's able to do so, um, summer season and into the fall. Well, I, but I don't expect Kim Mitchell will be heading up to the Key to Bella this early season, perhaps at the end of the season. We shall see. Uh, but we're getting there nonetheless. Uh, James Murphy, it's, it's a very interesting discussion. Thank you for spending some time with us this Saturday night. Uh, you know, uh, we are all interconnected when it comes to business. Uh, as the overall economy goes, so goes our own personal wealth. Uh, so we, we want it to all work uh, in favor of each other. Uh, you have yourself a great weekend, James. Uh, we're going to be speaking about, well, it is Saturday night after all, a uh, little uh, Playboy stock uh, and the power of that little bunny as a brand. Uh, stay tuned. Sci-Fi Radio, Global News, 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is Saturday night. The Marvelettes. You ever hear of them? No, no you have. The uh, song is called Playboy. Uh, you know that little buddy. Um, a study was done, and uh, I want uh, our, our analysts to briefly go over the brand recognition study. Uh, and I'm all about brands. I'm all about moats and quality, because uh, brands are worth a lot of money. Uh, they give your company a je ne sais quoi some extra secret ingredient that people are just attracted to. Uh, Austin Mulda, he's in Brooklyn, by the way, Brooklyn, New York. That's pretty cool, eh, friends? Uh, he's focused on emerging media and technology, um, specifically um, companies that are 
misunderstood, going through a change, not well understood. Uh, and one of his companies that he covers is Playboy. Uh, quick little story. Uh, I've been on Bay Street for 20 years and, in fact, for fun and uh, whatever. I, I, one of my first stocks I bought when I got into Bay Street was Playboy uh, stock. Uh, I heard sin stocks were good. You can always make money buying sin stocks, good economy, bad economy. Uh, the little devil inside us uh, does certain things uh, and spends money accordingly. And so I bought some Playboy. Stock was 10 bucks. It went nowhere. I sold the stock and I moved on. Uh, 20 years later, to, 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 to see that we're covering the stock here at Canaccord really caught my attention. Uh, and Jackson Wolf, you got to pay attention to this story. It's very interesting. He was on the conference call. Uh, Austin joined, uh, was on the call, and Jack was listening in. Austin, th there was a study done that you shared uh, in a piece of your research, I believe. Um, the the uh, surprise brand recognition of that little bunny, uh, the Playboy bunny you're referring to, uh, stacking up, I think, in the top 10 or top 20 brands in the world? That, that's correct. Yeah, so when I, when I was looking at this stock, the first thing I did was I looked at the most recognizable logos in the world because I think it's not uncommon for investors to be like you in that they're very familiar with the company from 10, 20 years ago, and the company today, the publicly traded entity, that's PLBY Group, is very different today, but it's anchored by the Bunnyhead logo. And so I looked at that, um, that survey, and the Playboy Bunny was really the only brand in the top you know, 25 most recognizable brands that was valued at, at the time, below a billion dollars. And so that is the first thing that really stuck out to me as the major opportunity. Yeah, because again, the top brand on the list was who? Uh, who was the top brand, Austin? The most recognizable brand was... Coke? Was sorry. it Coke? I might guess it would be Coke. Um, I, have the, I have the list here, Wolf. It's, it's actually yeah. Apple, McDonald's, and then Coke. One, Apple, two, three, McDonald's, and then, Coke. Okay, and so yeah, and, and then Apple, Nike, which is but but no. So the point Austin's making, uh, friends at home, is Playboy, the company, is worth a billion dollars at its current share price, give or take a few hundred million. Uh, McDonald's is what a two hundred billion dollar company. Am I right with that, Jack? Uh, Coke is worth probably what fifty, eighty billion dollars. I'm throwing numbers out there, but I'm yeah. Apple's I'm, like I'm, two trillion, which is the number one. Yeah, Apple's two. Apple's two trillion. Uh, so yeah, no. So your point. There, the basic math, what's the company worth? Why does it have such a powerful brand and it is so inexpensive? Um, but again, you know, uh, you know, I'm a male, uh, you know, wandering eyes, you know, I confess. Um, you know, what Playboy, what Playboy offers from, from my little experience with looking at Playboy um, is, 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 is it, it doesn't compete with what's available today with the internet. Uh, it just I just you have to recognize, though, and like you said, you bought the stock 20 years ago, and, and you know what Austin does, he looks for misunderstood and underappreciated brands. The fact is that Playboy doesn't even sell magazines anymore. So if you ask the listener, That's my point. So what, yeah, what, you know what, what I mean? So it's, it's, it turns into a lifestyle brand is what they are, right? They, they want to put so, that yeah, little so, bunny logo yeah. on T-shirts and wallets and all the other trinkets that you have. Am I right there? Is that what they're going to do? Is, and, is that and, what they're going to do, Austin? Yeah, and go direct to consumer. Am I right there, Austin? So that that's correct. They they don't have a magazine anymore. That that was shut down by the new CEO. That was shut down, you know, about a year ago. And the company. Oh, well, well, so no, that, that's big. Sorry, that's big news. So so they shut the the magazine 
has no longer been in print for 12 months. Correct. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, 50% of their revenue is generated through their direct-to-consumer business. You know, that's the the e-commerce uh, enterprise that they have. And that was really acquired about a year ago um, through this acquisition of Yandy.com, which is, to oversimplify it, it's, a, it's an online retailer of lingerie. But the one of the standout um, sort of metrics of, of this last quarter was that there seemed to be really the first inkling of major e-commerce sales through Playboy.com. And so if I asked you what was Playboy.com a couple of years ago or even 10 years ago, it was the online magazine. And today they're trying to make it into an e-commerce destination. There is a documentary, it may still be on Netflix, on the life of Hugh Hefner. Uh, you're familiar with that uh, series, uh, Austin? I didn't see it, but I know that the company, uh, one of their older production entities, I believe, you know, produced it. And so they, 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 that was a revenue stream then for the company Playboy. But on a go-forward basis, um, do you think the company can, at a, in a reasonable degree, monetize the value within the brand? Yes, certainly. The, the number one thesis point here is that Playboy doesn't yet get the full economic benefit for the amount of actual retail sales that are generated by the Playboy bunny head. That's kind of the, the crux of it. And so by yep. a direct-to-consumer business, you have, you know, you're, you're selling on a first-party basis Playboy-branded goods. And, and that does a bunch of, you know, that has a bunch of additional benefits like having an actual um, uh, customer-centric, um, you know, model and a touch point with the customer, and you get that first-party data, which can obviously feed right back into the the e-commerce platform, and you know, continue powering you know, future sales retention, things like that. We're talking stock, uh, Playboy specifically. Uh, we have our asked uh, our, our analyst uh, from Brooklyn, New York, on the, the show, Austin Maldo. Uh, been in the business for over a decade, uh, focusing right now on misunderstood stocks. Uh, Another company he uh, is paying attention to, ever hear the little book, Chicken Soup for the Soul? Big publishing company, uh, the entertainment division that actually owns the, the publishing company uh, is a company he's also paying attention to. We'll talk about that and delve into the pages of Playboy right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. The song is Life Size Marilyn Monroe. The band was Wild Strawberries. Uh, very close to my heart, that band. My good friend Chris Lysom used to manage the band and the uh, Toronto family that uh, 
We're actually in the medical business and as a gig, well, wrote music and published CDs. Uh, great little tune. Rebecca is the singer of that band. Um, we're talking about Playboy. We're going to talk about Chicken Soup to the Soul. Uh, Austin Moldo is on the line with us. He's an analyst uh, with Can Accord. Um, dealing in a very funky part of the market, looking for these misunderstood companies and when something's misunderstood it can be mispriced and present an opportunity and his thesis uh, around playboy is just that uh, you have the uh, revenue ramping up uh, quite significantly in the next uh, few years for the company uh from 150 million in 2020 to about 250 million uh next year uh going direct to consumers again seems to be the play but let, let's go into something a little funkier uh we are in a, in a crypto world um, Jack Off Air mentioned, of course, Marilyn Monroe was, was on the first cover of uh, Playboy magazine. Uh, that magazine must have some value to it. And there was actually a movie on it, wasn't there? The, uh, the original print uh, having a heck of a lot of value. So the, the original negative. Could you turn that into a non, what is it, fungible token, Austin? Is there any thought about that? Any company that mentions crypto, certainly before Elon Musk uh, put a little uh, cold water on it. But if, if you mention had crypto on your balance sheet, your stock went up. Maybe that's what uh, Playboys do, a little crypto action with their content, of course. Yeah, that, yeah that's right. Um, a lot of companies are starting to announce NFT strategies, but I, I do think Playboys, PLBY Group's NFT strategy, they want it to be a sort of a longer-term driver. So like you mentioned, the Marilyn Monroe cover, but they have tons of IP in their library. They've got Andy Warhol paintings. They have a lot of photography. They just have a ton of content over the years of all those magazines. And another way to monetize this would be through the sale of non-fungible tokens. Um, and there are kind of three buckets to doing this. I think a lot of the early hype was that investors were kind of interested in Playboy selling some of these very expensive collectible, um, you know, uh, library items like a cover or a painting. But the first, really the first strategy here has been rather to go to artists to create new works based on Playboy IP. So incorporating, you know, old models or incorporating the Playboy bunny. And then the third leg would, would be to create totally new works of art. So the, the strategy here is, is really to create new works based on old IP to really extend and elevate the value of the existing IP without selling it off in you know, a, a one-time fashion, which would you know, sort of take away any, any future exploitation for the company. In terms of their trinket business, uh, the stuff they sell, uh, how many different lines uh, are they currently offering? Are they involved in lingerie? Are they, you mentioned lingerie. Are they all involved in sex toys? Is, is it film? Uh, is it novels? Is, or is it all of the above and then some? There are tons of individual product lines. And I think the way to think about it is half of their business comes from direct-to-consumer selling things, you know, directly through uh, mostly e-commerce means, and the other half comes through licensing. And the licensing side of the business is mostly generated through apparel and fashion sales, and most of that is through their menswear line in, in China. I know it might it might blow your mind like it's like it mine. I want a visual. Come on, let's take this another. It is Saturday night. Give us a visual of what they're selling in China in menswear. Think of a think banana of a, hammocks. A little banana hammock action going on. I don't know if they have the right weather for that, but essentially they're, <laughs> they're selling menswear over there 
at, through a bunch of yeah, baby verticals, and then no pun intended. The U.S. is focused on sexual wellness um, products, so lingerie is probably the biggest. We, we don't know sexual sure. sexual wellness. Hey, yeah, guys, girls, yeah. come on, what a lot. sexual wellness? Who doesn't want wellness? It's Saturday night, bro. It is, you talk about lifestyle brands. It's definitely a lifestyle brand there, Wolf, and one that is you know globally recognized. That's what they do. Oh, Jack, you're too serious right now. I'm trying Come to be funny. You're still being serious with me. Here. <laughs> Sexual wellness. I really, really do. I think it's yeah, but you know something. Um, they, they, pardon me. I think it's underpinned by the history of the company and and what their expertise is in. So, sexual wellness, you know, uh, products kind of aligns with what they have historically been been good at. Wow. Well, it, it, it's an incredible brand. Um, you know, Hugh Hefner was a rebel uh, with a cause, I guess. Um, and j just the iconic pop culture around it. Uh, and who doesn't know someone who went to the Playboy Mansion for a weekend? Um, <laughs> that's all part of the business plan as well, isn't it? They're, they're, they're venues. There are venues, but um, as you can imagine, they were hard hit by COVID, and it is—it's not a core part of the strategy going forward. You know, they want to be asset light, and they want to really focus on their direct-to-consumer business. And the the venues—they don't—they don't have the Playboy Mansion anymore. That was that was sold a while ago. Oh, uh, sold the asset, and the family's no longer involved in the business. I assume. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Austin, a real pleasure uh, speaking to you about an old, uh, underappreciated, uh, or not, brand, uh, Playboy. You're an analyst with Canaccord. Uh, next time we get you on, let's talk about Chicken Soup for the Soul. That's uh, a, a well-known brand as well, uh, obviously underappreciated. Uh, so uh, may you, may you um, find your diamond in the rough, my good friend, and uh, so far so good with your Playboy call. Uh, congratulations on that. Uh, friends at home, I want to wish you a great weekend. Please, if you have any questions, about money wolfgangkline.com the wolf on baystreet.com jack and i are here for your financial well-being no question too big no question too small for us we are here to help all stay safe have a great weekend thank you for listening hi-fi radio global news 640 toronto you've been listening to hi-fi radio with wolfgang klein and jack hartle portfolio managers at canaccord genuity wealth management for questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.